It's that time of year again. The pumpkins are coming out. The candy is getting bought. And baseball is heading to the fall classic, which means one thing. It means it is time for a sports cubicle combination of the Baseball Weekend Journal and Sports from the Couch. I'm your host, Mike Mercado, with the one, the only, Paul Shavari. Paulie, welcome to another postseason prediction and preview. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great now that it's the postseason. Yeah, isn't it crazy how fast this season went? Like, obviously, we're going to get down to it. We're going to make sure that this is very easy, very fun for all the people listening. If they're going to go to DraftKings, Bet Rivers, Point Spread, all these other places, they want to make sure they make some money or in case in listening to our show, lose a bunch of money. But they want to make sure that we get to that. But here in Chicago, the White Sox, a season where it was a disappointment 500 season for the Cubs, a rough beginning to the season, and then a hot start. But we don't get to see any postseason baseball. But I do feel like it was a fast-paced summer, a fast-paced 162. I know you're going to break it down on the Sports Cubicle proper over on WCPT, 820 a.m. Sunday nights, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m., where Devin Tingle, the marvelous one, Dan Marver, joins Paul Shabari and myself. We'll break it all down, but it was a fast season, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was a fast season. And and I guess, you know, part of that had to do with the, um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess as a White Sox fan, you really can't say that it was a fast season because it just seemed kind of slow and painful all throughout <laughs> the uh, the way. But but it did kind of go fast. And it was neat that um, how, how fast the summer went. You know, we the teams that were good in May and June weren't necessarily the teams that were good coming out of the summer. You know, you saw the Mets blow, I think, one of the largest division leads ever in history. Uh, you know, you saw the Dodgers pretty much run away with it during the regular season. You saw the Yankees go up and then come down a little bit and taper off. You saw Houston kind of slowly and steadily increase their lead over the Mariners and the rest of the West. Um, you know, and then meanwhile, in the Central, it seemed like in the, the American League, it seemed like a battle of uh, the Guardians versus whoever wanted it more than them. And then in the Central, it just seemed like it was St. Louis, Milwaukee and the rest. So, it, it went by very quickly. And I think some of the milestones of watching Aaron judge with the summer that he had, and then the, the late summer that Albert Pujols put on for us, uh, coupled with the Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina hitting the most starts as a battery. It was a fun summer. And I think it, it started off as something that seemed kind of, um, kind of boring and, and ran the motions and just maybe kind of a, a typical post COVID major league baseball season, but it really, it really tapered off and turned into an exciting one that kind of brought back some nostalgia, you know, the, the summer of 98 kind of, um, it kind of had its, its moments with the Aaron judge and Albert Pujols doing their respective uh, personal home run chases. Um, it made us excited for the long ball again. And, and I think um, couple that with, you know, some of the p- pitching performances we saw and uh, the, the end of, um, you know, after, what, after this month, we're never going to see a defensive shift ever again. Um, we're never going to see a, a pitcher take his sweet time in between pitches. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a, a throwback to the past this year. And you can hear the excitement in your voice from a purist who enjoyed this season, excited. And even if you are a little curious, even if you have a little bit of skepticism of some of the changes 
coming, whether it's all of them, some of them, I know that it it is cool to see, even though the turmoil of the Sox season that you were able, and I think a lot of baseball fans were able to get a lot out of it. I think on my side, a lot of it came from watching a bunch of kids for the Cubs come up and play well baseball. And you mentioned a lot of the stuff that happened nationally, you know, my arch nemesis, the Terminator himself, the robots uh, in, in the machine in Albert Pujols and, to see him, I've seen him hit a bunch of those 700 plus home runs at Wrigley Field, and I know you have as well over down in St. Louis and in the North Side. And uh, before we get to the picks on this edition of the Prediction Show, I know people who have been part of this over the years. You know, Paul and I have been doing this for a long time. This year, I want to take a little bit more of a different type of approach because we do have the Sports Cubicle, Baseball Weekend Journal, and Sports from the Couch. I really want to take this chance to really give Paul and I a chance to. Break down some of these series. We'll make our predictions together, but I want him to give us a little bit of some notes, some key things that we need to know about each one of these series, especially with this wild card now being three games all in the higher home, higher teams' home stadium. So that's interesting. But before we get to that, I just want to spend thirty seconds on this. Aaron Judge's home run, uh, breaking Roger Maris. Obviously, the American League thing. Here's my whole thing about the situation. Aaron Judge, hell of a player, amazing record. Some of the Titans that he now sits on the shoulders of and, and sits at the same table with. But this is only occurring where they're breaking into games because it's a New York Yankee thing. And I also, I've heard this before and I've kind of adopted it as my own as well. There is no American League record. There is no National League record. It's not 1973. There isn't an American League commissioner. They don't, they do play interleague play. I think if Aaron Judge played for the Tampa Bay Rays, they wouldn't have made such a big deal about it. But I hate more than anything that we are racing Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa. You don't like what they had to have done, but they put baseball on the map. And if you're a Cub fan, they made your team a $3 billion team. <laughs> Tom Ricketts. So, Paulie, before we get your expertise, your thoughts on my little tirade of what I've been trying to get off my chest for the last three days of Major League Baseball. Well, I think you got it right with the you know, there's no American League and National League anymore. There's no American League, uh, you know, president. There's really not a separation between the mm -hmm. leagues. Now there's so much interleague play. And then starting next year, you know, there's there's uh, everybody plays everybody. Mm -hmm. So so mm -hmm. the, the separation of the leagues needs to go out the window. And I, and I think in, in one regard, you know, yes, it is the American League record. And it was something that was special. But it did also kind of feel like it was a Yankees record more than an American League record. I mean, look at the top three now. It's, you know, Judge Maris Ruth. You know, right. it's uh, it, it and it probably was a little bit more meaningful to Yankees fans than it was the rest of Major League Baseball. And and I think it was the more exciting home run chase compared to Albert Pujols. But at the same time, I think as fans, we all would rather see Albert Pujols hit 700 than Aaron Judge hit 62 or more. And, and, and I think this is Major League Baseball contradicting itself. They've pretty much done away with the separation of the two leagues now that there's unified DH, now that there's constant interleague play where teams play every single team. So why are we celebrating a record that's ultimately meaningless and perhaps the fifth or sixth best overall in, in league history? So I, I was happy. I, I enjoyed watching it. I 
thought it was really neat to see that it was yet another Yankee. And I thought Aaron judge was going to be a breakout player this year in his contract season. But, but I think ultimately it's, um, it, it really doesn't matter, you know, and I think we're celebrating something that's the fifth or sixth best, but I do want to make the argument though, as far as the American league MVP, that what judge is doing shouldn't be swept under the rug just because Shohei Otani is putting up great mm. numbers mm. on both sides of the diamond. Cause if you look at the combined war, of um of Otani pitching and hitting judge is still better overall which is crazy to think about and and I think that's I think you know you and I are products of the steroid era of baseball when we were children that was the game that we got into so 62 home runs doesn't look that impressive to us but at the same time it's an amazing accomplishment especially since the guy almost got the triple crown as well so it wasn't like he was swinging for the fences and it wasn't like down the stretch. He had opportunities to hit home runs because guys were pitching around him and, you know, trying to, trying to get him to nibble, you know, trying to nibble the corners, trying to get him to chase. And, and he got so many walks down the stretch that, and, and then, and then of course the team's still competing for a playoff spot. So he's also trying to win the game, you know, and, and move runners over and get on base and all that. So um, I, I thought it was an impressive record, but I thought at the same time, you know, why is Major League Baseball celebrating something that's ultimately going to be meaningless in about a year? Yeah, and I think that just, I mean, you nailed it on the head. And I think it's really important to talk about that Otani and Judge thing as we go on through this postseason and as we go on through the award season. I think it's really poignant for you to bring that up. And like, you know, it, the way it is, it's it's the Yankee thing. It's the jersey. It's arguably the most famous logo among so many like there's maybe one or two other brands that are just as famous when it comes to sports so i can see how these especially espn and mlb network leaned into it but it's going to be something to see these next few weeks to see who comes out with the american league mvp with two unicorns in shohei Otani and aaron judge but paulie it is time to put our money on the table, our feet to the fire. We do it every single year. We make our postseason predictions. It is the Sports from the Couch and Baseball Weekend Journal, a prediction show with Paul Chavari and myself, Mike Mercado. Make sure you're joining us every Sunday night on WCPT 820 AM, whether you're here in Chicago or on the interweb. It's the Sports Cubicle with Paul Chavari, myself, Mike Mercado, Devin Tingle, and the marvelous one, Dan Marver. But, Paulie, this is how we're going to do it this season, especially with the extra round and the buys. We are going to go through the wild cards, and I'm going to give my prediction, and then I'm going to let you go in for a few for a little while to talk about the series itself. We are not going to talk about the divisional series outright because we're going to talk about the championship series, which would lead us through the divisional series into your World Series predictions. There's so much craziness that's going to happen in these three-game series. And I'm going to start in the American League between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Cleveland Guardians. I think the Guardians win this series. They have a 4-2 a and two record against Tampa Bay this season, I believe. This is a team that's found a way to win. They have a great manager. Tampa Bay was in a hell of a division in the American League East, but I will be going with the Guardians out of the wild card, winning two of three, the first two games in this series in Cleveland. Who do you have and why? What are the X factors on why you believe your team, who do you got in this matchup between Tampa Bay and Cleveland? I'm with you. I've got the Guardians, and I think it's a clean sweep. I think they've just been such a hot team down the stretch. I think they went 21 and eight in September, which is crazy. And you know, and they, and you know, they were pushing to um, 
to, to keep the division lead. You know, they had plenty of challenges from the Twins and the White Sox, but ultimately were the better team out of that division. Tampa, meanwhile, is kind of just churning, you know, just trying to get to the finish line in a very, very tough division. Their best pitcher at the start of the season was Shane McClanahan, who's going in game one, but he's struggled down the stretch. They have Tyler Glasnow going in game two, which is huge, but Glasnow has only pitched. 114 pitches over the last two weeks and that's for the season and that's over six and two-thirds innings spread over two games so I mean that's going to be a lot of reliance on him and I just don't know if that raised bullpen is really going to be able to bail out those two guys if it gets to a game three you know do they go with uh, Jeffrey Springs or do they go with uh, Corey Kluber you know and and then even then how much bullpen do they have left and then being the visiting team in in all two or maybe three of those games I just don't see the Rays coming out on top. I think Tito Francona finds a way to uh, to win this one. It's going to be an interesting series. It's going to be a really fun series with two teams that are doing it in different ways than some of these other huge major markets. So we are both going with the Guardians over Tampa Bay, which gives us a Guardians-Yankees matchup. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But we have to determine what happens between the upstarts, two young stud teams, the Seattle Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays, Seattle going all in on their young all-star and Toronto with some fun players, some lineage players, some decent pitching, an interesting bullpen. I'm going with Toronto in this one. I think Seattle may be a year ahead of itself. I think Seattle has a really good shot over the next few years if they continue to make smart draft moves and are spending money properly. But in this case, I think a team out of the American League, American League East has to come out of a wild card, and I'm going with Toronto in this one. Who do you have in this three-game series between the Mariners and the Blue Jays? I, I've got the Mariners, and I really wrestled back and forth with this one, but but I, I'm going with Seattle because they won the season series five out of seven games mm. against Toronto, and the last time that Seattle lost in the Eastern time zone was August 1st, and they uh-huh. went 8-0 and since then, so I don't think time will be a factor for them. I do think, though, that the Blue Jays play very well at Rogers Center when the place is packed, and, and that place gets rowdy during the playoffs, and there's been you know history that, that shows that precedent. But I, I think at the same time, I think you know they're going with a very young Alec Manoa in game one. He's a great pitcher, but so is Luis Castillo. And I think whoever takes game one is going to be the ultimate series winner. I think it'll go all three games. I think game two is going to get chaotic with Robbie Ray trying to beat his old team, but but he's kind of struggled down the stretch as well. It really depends on who the Blue Jays start in game two, whether it's going to be Kevin Gossman or or um, Jose Barrios or you know even like uh, Ross Stripling. But I think that's going to be essential. I think I think it'll probably be Gossman in game two. Um, I don't think they've announced it yet. I didn't see anything. But I think if even if the Mariners take game one, I think it'll swing to the Blue Jays in game two. And then you got to like Logan Gilbert in game three. Um, it's, it's a very neat pitching staff on, on Seattle's side, top to bottom. I think they have the stronger bullpen. So, and I think that'll be a factor in this. I think in the late innings, Seattle's going to find a way to claw their way to the, to the finish line. And, and I, I think either way, you know, you can slice it any way you want. It could be the Blue Jays winning this series. It could be the Mariners winning the series. But I think it's going to be a very hard-fought three games for whoever comes out on top. 
That is the series I have circled. I am super excited about. There is one other series in the National League side that I am ecstatic, and I hope it goes all three. This is one of them, though, in the American League. So you are going with Seattle. I am going with Toronto. Either way, they have a date with Destiny against the Houston Astros. So in the American League Divisional Series, we are both going with Cleveland, meeting up with the Yankees. I am going with the Blue Jays. Pauly one is going with the Mariners to take on Houston, which means Pauly in my ALCS, I have chalk, baby. It is the New York Yankees. It is the Houston Astros. They will be meeting up to determine who will be going to the fall classic. I think Houston is a buzzsaw. I think New York is going to out hit people if they're pitching if they're bitching and they're the back end of their bullpen can just do their part. They don't even have to be spectacular. Just good enough to let Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge and the rest of that lineup be able to get some runs in New York. I think they win that series. So I am going with the New York Yankees and the Houston Astros in the American League Championship Series with the Houston Astros representing the American League. Paulie Dangerous. Our savants of everything that is baseball. Who do you have in the American League Championship Series? And who do you have coming out? I've got the same exact thing as you. I've got, it's going to be Astros over Yankees. I've got it going six games. I think Houston comes out on top. I mean, this is an Astros team that was good enough to win it last year uh, and came up two wins short of winning the whole thing. Now they have Justin Verlander and, and he's in peak Justin Verlander form. And, and I think that factors into it. While, while it might not be the strongest bullpen uh, that, that, that they've had and not as strong as maybe last postseason's bullpen, I, I really do think that top to bottom, they're a solid team. They've got great pitching. I think it's enough to at least outlast the New York Yankees. I think the Yankees are going to be a little um, beaten up a little bit uh, compared to the, the Astros. I think Astros are going to have an easy time against the Toronto-Seattle winner. I think that'll be a sweep. And I think the Yankees will uh, scuffle with the Guardians and maybe go either all five or at least four. And by the time it gets to the ALCS, I think, you know, we, we've seen this so many times before. This will be the third time in six seasons that we see Astros-Yankees. And who's come out on top the first two times? It's the Astros. I think Dusty Baker is going to be uh, trying to get his team back into the, the World Series one more time. And, uh, and I think he's, he's um, having just a great season as a manager right now. And I think that continues through the postseason. In the American League, when we know the series that we're going to get in the, in the wild card, and then we've made our predictions in the ALDS and the ALCS heading to the World Series, is there what is the matchup that excites you the most? We talked about Seattle-Toronto, but is it the potential Toronto-Houston matchup, a New York Yankees-Guardians matchup, or is it the ALCS rematch between Houston and New York? Is, which one kind of gets you a buzzing the most? It's got to be Astros Yankees, I think, gets me buzzing the most. I mean, unless you want to go the wild card round with Toronto, Seattle. Right. Um, right. I, I think divisional round is, is as exciting uh, Cleveland, New York could possibly be, or any matchup, really. I, I think it's either going to be, you know, for all the marbles in the American League or really who gets that first one. And even though Toronto or Seattle might not even factor in to the ALCS, I think it's going to be really neat because, like you were saying earlier, these are two young teams. This is basically the future of baseball right here. And I think, you know, it could determine, you know, these franchises going forward, what direction they're going. You know, if, if Seattle struggles in that first round, you know, how are they going to be able to supplement uh, or sustain going forward, you know, a, a winning lineup 
Whereas, uh, you know, Toronto, if, if they lose out, you know, back to the drawing board for them. But but which team is really going to take the success and run with it? So while, while I want to say Toronto-Seattle is, is the most exciting series, at least for the future, I think for the right now, everyone's clamoring to see Yankees-Astros one more time because they're juggernauts in the American League. And I think may the best team win because I think that'll be a true representation of who the best American League team is if one of those two teams comes out on top and, and goes into the fall classic. So just to kind of recap the American League side of this prediction show with the Sports Cubicles, one and only Paul Shabari and myself, Mike Mercado. It's Sports from the Couch. It's the Baseball Weekend Journal making our 2022 MLB postseason predictions. We both have the Guardians over Tampa Bay. I am going with the Toronto Blue Jays over Seattle. Paulie is going with Seattle. But we both have the Yankees moving on to the ALCS and the Astros Moving on to the ALCS, both of us landing with Houston in the World Series. Jumping to the National League now, it is Philadelphia. It is St. Louis. Philly ending a playoff drought. St. Louis getting back to the playoffs in a very dominant fashion. I, I believe in a in a National League Central that was very up and down, hit or miss a lot through the out entire season. Milwaukee dropping at the end. But in this case, I think St. Louis wins that Series, I think Paul Goldschmidt is probably your NL MVP, if not one of the top vote getters. And I let you know Nolan Arenado is a monster, and that team just finds a way to find pitching and find uh, defensive uh, uh, players, and and are able to draft well and develop well. It's a team that just even when they're on the down tour, they find a way to get it back up. I'm going with St. Louis in this matchup. Who do you have in the six three between Philly and St. Louis? I got St. Louis as well. I, I think just the, the Cardinals are such a battle-tested team. There's so many great veterans. Of course, there's the storyline of, you know, Pujols and Yachty playing in possibly their last ever series. Uh, you know, there's Adam Wainwright, who's not even factored in to start in this series so far, unless he goes in game three, which could be storyline too, if it gets to a game three, having Wainwright be the guy that that takes them to the next round. But I, But I think with the Phillies, it just kind of felt like, they kind of limped into the playoffs. It felt like Milwaukee wanted it less than Philadelphia and, and there had to be a sixth team. Uh, you know, they're in a tough division. They were always chasing the, the Braves and the Mets all season. Um, but let's not forget that this is the same Phillies that had to fire their manager early on the same Phillies that were supposed to be a strong team in this season. And I think they've mostly underperformed. I think Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola are great pitchers more. So Wheeler, maybe than Nola, it should be enough of a one to two to get them to a division title, but, but they just don't. And I, and I think they've been underachievers. So unless, unless they can prove something wrong, which we have seen in recent playoffs that the, the central divisions kind of take a beating in the playoffs. And, and this could be the same case, but I just have this feeling that something special is going to happen. It's all at Bush stadium and, and Philadelphia just doesn't seem like it, it. To me, it feels like probably the weakest of all the playoff teams, but I know at the same time, you know, they could get really, really hot and they could surprise and anything can happen in a, in a best of three. I like St. Louis, though, in this one. Yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what happens if St. Louis gets out of this. I think this is one of those matchups where this is a trap series for them. So I'm really interested to see in it. But I think we are, are in for an interesting series between Philly and St. Louis. And like you said, Miami had a lot to do with who won the, the final wildcard spot. So very interesting to see how this plays out. But in the matchup that I'm most excited about, probably in the entire playoffs, and it's going to take a lot maybe to, to top this, but San Diego Padres 
and the New York Mets going one-on-one in a three-game series in New York and Queens. I'm going with the Mets pitching. They have the hitting. They won over, what, 100 games? Like, this is a team that just so happens to go up against a other really good team that won a bunch of games. I mean, it, it is crazy that they lost the the NL East, but they lost to a good team that was kind of hanging around, and they've spent a lot of money, but they also kind of delivered on that. So it's a weird thing. Had they not given up the division lead or had one come back to win it, we would have all these different vibes about the Mets. But it's because of what happened with Atlanta and the history of Atlanta winning a World Series, even though it was with few different players like I think the Mets are a real dangerous team and I think they win this series in an awesome series against San Diego who do you have between the Mets and the Padres I I like the Mets I like the Mets they're they're my pick for sure I'll just I'll just you know not not bury the lead there but at the same time the Padres have so much talent and have not been able to put that together I mean could you imagine Picking against the Padres, if, if Josh Hader is is on his game, if uh, you know you Darvish, Blake Snell, and Joe Musgrove put in quality performances, if Juan Soto actually annihilates that right-handed yeah. pitching, you know it's it's uh, there's so many what ifs with the Padres, but it's not bad what ifs. It's gosh, you know we we you, you just kind of kind of poke them with a stick and see if they move. You know, it's, it's the it's, Brooklyn uh, Nets of baseball. They are the yeah. Brooklyn Nets of baseball, where it's. Oh my goodness, they have all the talent in the world to win this. They just need to put it together and like get their heads out of their butts. The the X factor this time around is they finally have Bob Melvin in the dugout on their side. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the Mets have Buck Showalter and he's he's righted the ship in New York. I mean, and then also when you look at the Mets, Max Scherzer is going in game one. He's healthy. Yep. Jacob deGrom probably not going until game three if they need him. Mm-hmm. Um, but if not, they might be saving him for the next round. I know DeGrom's been kind of battling since he's come back from injury, but I, I do think the Mets are just such a strong team. And, and if it does get down into the final innings, it seems like in the last month or two, Edwin Diaz has been the better closer compared to Josh Hader. And I think that might be a factor too, is all three of these games could in theory go into the later innings to determine who the winner is, and this could go all three, and it could go either way. But I just like the Mets. It's at Shea Stadium. The Padres have kind of been underperforming all year. Even though the Mets got swept by the Braves a couple weeks ago in Atlanta, it's not like they disappeared from that series. Those are three very hard-fought games at Atlanta. So I, I think the, the Mets are clamoring to get back there and, and see if they can find the Braves in the National League Championship Series for revenge. But if not, I think they're going to get out of the, the first round and, and face the Dodgers. I think this is a weird matchup where both teams, if one of these teams wins a World Series, if either team wins the World Series, you're going to look back and be like, oh, yeah, no, for sure. Like, we're going to look back in history. I I tell you this all the time. We're going to look back in history and be like, of course that team won the whole dang thing. Of course they went on a run and won it. I think this is the only series where both teams have a legitimate claim to say, we can run and win this whole dang thing. There's teams that, you know, can make magical runs and teams that can be favorites and can be legitimate contenders. But both these teams should be legitimate contenders and are going to play each other in a three-game series in one stadium in the wild card. Like, it is amazing that we're getting this matchup, but we both have the Mets coming out of it and watch San Diego wins two straight and ends up going straight to a World Series. But that is why we love doing these prediction shows. But we have identical 
National League Division Series. We both have the Cardinals and the Braves. We both have the Mets and the Dodgers. In my NLCS, I have the St. Louis Cardinals in a magical run. The pool whole season going to the World Series and meeting up against an old division rival in Houston. Holly, how does the NLCS play out for you? How do we get to the World Series? I have the Cardinals beating the Mets. How do you have this shaking down? That's funny. I got the two opposite teams. I got wow. the Braves and the Dodgers. Uh, and, and I think just because this will be the third straight year of, of that NLCS, I thought, you know, 2020 was was one of the biggest, like, blockbuster championship series we ever saw. It went the full seven. Bellinger basically got his uh, shoulder ripped out after hitting the game-winning home run. Um, you know, and the rest was history. They won the they won the whole thing. Then you flash forward to 2021. Scherzer can't go for the Dodgers in game six. They're basically on their last legs. Braves win, and then they end up winning the whole thing. I mean, these are just, you know, these are the last two champions, the last two National League champions. I, I think they face off for a third time around. It's the, the tie-breaking series to determine who is the ultimate National League champion of 2022. I, you know, as much as I like the Cardinals story, I think it's going to run out. I mm. think Atlanta's just the deeper team. They got better pitching. Their one through nine is a lot better. You know, a lot of young superstar players. Let's not let's not forget what they did to the Mets a few weeks ago right. when the division was on the line. They came from behind one game and ended up on top by one game when it was all said and done, and then outlasted them to to win the division. And th- and that's they only led the division for eight games this year. You know, and, and this was. This is a Braves team that didn't struggle like they did last season before they made the moves. And this is a Braves team that won it all last year, but now they have Ronald Acuna Jr. healthy. The unfortunate thing is Ozzie Albies just uh, got hit hard by the injury bug, especially uh, I think what he fractured his thumb or something like that. Mm. The game he came back from injury after missing most of the season, that's going to hurt them a little bit but it's still a really strong team and still a, a deep, deep pitching staff. And I think that's what helped them last year. And I think that's why they get past St. Louis. But I think when you look at the national league championship series, it's the Dodgers. And as much mm. as I want to go with a repeat of Atlanta, Houston, it's, it's the Dodgers, you know, Kershaw has been pitching well down the stretch here. We don't even know if Dustin May is going to make the roster yet, but it's still like last year's 20 game winner, Julio Urias. It's still uh Tony Gonsolin, you know, a deep bullpen, which, you know, maybe they don't even have to get to Craig Kimbrell and they still have a shot at winning the whole thing. But it's also, too, when you look at the uh, Dodgers bullpen from the last few years, who was their closer? Kenley Jansen. But who did they go to in the 2020 World Series when they needed to win the whole thing? And it wasn't Kenley Jansen. He's capable of blowing saves. He's been great this year, but now he pitches for the Braves. And now Freddie Freeman is hitting for the Dodgers. And I have a feeling that the advantage goes to the Dodgers in the National League Championship Series. Oh, I, I, I do think the National League has better, more intriguing, more, I don't even know what the, what other, what other way I could describe it, but the National League has like the history and stuff that we're going to look back and be like, I can't believe we got to see this matchup and this matchup and this matchup. And this player was doing this and this team was doing that. The American League has some great stories and some franchise, you know, some legacies that are crazy. But I think the NL this season is going to be so much fun to see throughout this entire month. But that gets us to our World Series. This is how we got 
to our World Series. We want to thank each and every one of you for joining us on this huge edition, our postseason prediction and preview show between the Baseball Weekend Journal and Sports from the College. It is Paulie Dangerous, Paul Shivari. I'm Mike Mercado. You can join us every single night on the Sports Cubicle every Sunday night, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. with the marvelous one, Dan Marver, Devin Tingle, Paul Shivari, and myself, Mike Mercado, breaking down all the huge local and national news to get you started on your work week. We have a interesting wild card and National League Division Series matchups. We both went with Cleveland. We both, I went with Toronto. You went with Seattle. We both went with an identical American League Championship Series. We both have the Yankees meeting up with the Astros. And both of us have the Astros representing the American League in the National League. We both went with St. Louis over Philly and with the Mets over San Diego. I went with St. Louis over Atlanta. Paulie Dangerous went with the Braves beating the Cards. And I went with the New York Mets upsetting the LA Dodgers. But I don't know if you could call it upset with both teams basically have identical payrolls. And the Dangerous one went with the LA Dodgers. So, in our World Series, with both of us going with Houston, I have the St. Louis Cardinals representing the National League. Paulie Dangerous with the L.A. Dodgers coming out of the NL. In my matchup between the Houston Astros and the St. Louis Cardinals, I have the Houston Astros winning another World Series, adding to their legacy, and really solidifying themselves as the team of this last decade, even though we're in 2022, surpassing the L.A. Dodgers. And I think this is a series that goes six games to the Astros over the Cardinals. Paulie Dangerous, how does your matchup of Houston versus L.A. go for the 2022 World Series? Well, before I go with mine, if, if yours comes true, how, how um, poetic would that be? Uh, the Astros beating the Cardinals in the World Series, given um, the what that scandal a few years back with the Cardinals stealing like data from the the Astros <laughs> front office or whatever. That would oh, be yeah. uh, the, the ultimate revenge right there. But I have bigger revenge. I've got the no. best ice cream no. that you can serve cold. Revenge is a dish best served cold. No, and what's going to happen is the LA Dodgers are going to go all wow. seven and beat the Houston Astros as <laughs> payback for 2017. Now I know what you're thinking half those guys aren't even there anymore there's the, the Dodgers only have so many players the the Astros don't even have that many they don't even have the same manager that they had in 2017 but I think Clayton Kershaw I think Julio Urias I think Cody Bellinger Justin Turner Chris Taylor Andrew Barnes and even the injured Walker Bueller are going to have something to say about that and and the Dodgers with home field advantage are going to win in the seventh game at Dodger Stadium and be champions and prove once and for all that this era of the Dodgers wasn't only as good as a pandemic World Series. So I think you might have just answered my question there, and I might as well ask it as we've we've taken this road down together. Who I think we both agree that Houston, we obviously predicted Houston's in this World Series. They've established themselves throughout the decade, and even with the scandal and everything. And then you look at L.A., if it is an L.A. World Series for the National League, right? Who is who's this more most important for? Who needs to win this World Series? If it is Houston and L.A., if it is Astros-Dodgers, 
you know, it's not the same players. We know it's a rotating, but for the fandom, for history, for these franchises, if that's the World Series matchup, not who wins it, but who needs to win it. I, I think the Dodgers more because they, you know, they were the true champions of 2020. And no matter who won the 2020 World Series, they couldn't help that the fact that it was a 60 game season mm. with an expanded playoffs, but they were the best team in the national league in 2020. And they, they won it outright against the Rays. And, and it was such a, a good world series. It was, I thought it was accurate. I thought the Dodgers were the proven champions. I think you and I had Dodgers Yankees in our predictions, you know, that, that playoff prediction, but I think we both felt that the Dodgers were the best, but you look at, the, the attitudes of Major League Baseball fans and, and of course, this modern-day culture. And, and the Dodgers don't really get the respect that mm. I think they deserve for what mm. they did in 2020. Whereas the Astros have been there three times, and this will be the fourth time in six years that they would make it to the World Series if our prediction comes true. And they haven't won one yet. And I know that puts a lot of pressure on them, but does that erase 2017 if they win it? I don't think so. But if the Dodgers win it this year, I think it erases 2020 and the stigma of having to win in a pandemic-shortened season. Oh, man, Paulie, you brought up some interesting points. I think if you're a Dodgers fan, you could say that Houston needs to win this to, to justify the, the trash cans, right? To say, you did it on your own and you beat the Dodgers team, right? And if you're the Astros, you could look around like, we have ours. And nobody was questioning it because everybody else was doing it. We just got caught. You had to do it in a shorted season. So I think you bring up two really interesting points that we'll be talking about for the next 20, 25 years about the two teams of this era. You know, we've seen a lot of champions come and go. Hell, in this city with the Cubs, part of this era of baseball. But these are the two teams. These are the two franchises. These are the Celtics and the Lakers of the 80s. You know, these are the Bulls of the 90s. These are the Lakers and the Spurs of the 2000s. These are the rivals. These are the teams that win championships. And these are the teams when everybody else is getting one of theirs or trying to sprinkle around. They're always in the conversation. And you might have teams like St. Louis hanging around. You may have teams like Cleveland and Toronto and the Mets. But it's always these two teams. And I think that's what makes, if that's the World Series, very, very interesting and almost poetic justice for what was a crazy season that was filled with so many ups and downs, so many different conversations, and then these records at the end. For it to end with a grudge match between Houston and L.A. would be absolutely phenomenal. But what I know for sure was phenomenal was our prediction show of the 2022 MLB postseason, the first of its kind this season. And I always have a great time talking baseball with you. Paulie, this is coming up on Friday. The games start Friday afternoon. We will know winners by the time the sports cubicle comes around. So what will you be able to talk about this coming up Sunday on our flagship show? What will you be looking at as you get to watch a bunch of wildcard baseball? So more than likely, no matter what, if there's a game three, there's guaranteed to be a night game. And by the time that we got to finish the show, we won't know the results of the final game of the night, assuming that there will be a game three, which I, I think odds are in four series that there's bound to be one. Yeah. Um, so, so I think a little bit of a divisional preview and a better look at what we see going forward. Because I do like the idea that by the time that you and I rec are recording this, 
you know, 50 hours from now, we might be sucker punched by the results, <laughs> you know, and, and we might be looking at a San Diego, Seattle world, world series, which, you know, we didn't see coming, but I'm sure fan bases out on the West coast might see that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we don't know what the playoffs have in store for us. We're only going based off of instinct, what we saw this year, what we know about the past, uh, what we know about how baseball is going to baseball. And, and so I think I, I love the fact that I could be so confident the day before the playoffs start. And then uh, 50 hours, 72 hours later, I, I completely don't even know left from right or up from down anymore because they've proven me wrong because I don't get to decide who the winners are. I just get to make predictions. So I, I'm looking forward to reassessing. I'm looking forward to see what the divisional matchups are. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what I got wrong. You know, will will the Phillies prove me wrong? I, I, I've, uh, I've power ranked all 12 teams. And I have the Phillies as the last team uh, okay. just above or just below the Rays. And if not, it's the Rays. And, I, and I'm curious to see how will those teams prove me wrong and what will they do? Hold, and you know what? I think that's what we're in this show on is the power rankings of what you have for these teams. Who's your number one. You already told us who's your bottom of the list, but I think that's a great kind of final tidbit for our guests who have joined us this, this deep, our audience. And, you know, I think for, you know, if we're talking baseball and we're this deep in a conversation. These are our fans of the sport. And we know there's a lot of people who watch it. But when the rhetoric is, it's the it's a sport that the losing fans and all this. If you're this far into the conversation, we know you're a fan of baseball. And I think that's a fun treat to leave people on. But before we get to that, Paulie, you're not just on the sports cubicle. This is a huge, spectacular team up between sports from the couch and the Baseball Weekend Journal. What are you going to be covering this entire playoffs throughout the the Baseball Weekend Journal? Not just on Sundays, but you'll be covering this on the journal as well, right? That's correct, yeah. And I, and I intend on what I've been doing that's worked the last couple of years, whether I get a lot of engagement or not, but I enjoy doing it, is uh, going live on um, probably YouTube or, or not YouTube, on um, uh, Facebook. Maybe YouTube. I don't know. I haven't decided what I'll go live on yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but But going live after... Um, you know, the whole series is over. I like, you know, it's kind of like a good recap of what happened for the year. And, you know, kind of, um, yeah, I, I started this when the 2019 World Series, I think that was my first baseball weekend journal was previewing that World Series. So this is kind of the end of the season for me as well. So I kind of like um, just kind of reassessing where I'm at and where the podcast is kind of a state of the podcast and, and breaking down the World Series too. I, I mean, I really love breaking it down that you know the game itself you know when it when it comes down to you know the the all deciding game and I and I think I did that uh you know games five and six last year and uh maybe it was just game six last year because I think it it was a two to two after game five so it's only on clinching games or potential clinching games that that I ended up doing it and I remember I did two in 2020 and I really loved it I really loved breaking down one game of baseball at a time and and just you know kind of different matchups it was fun kind of reacting to Blake Snell getting pulled in, in 2020 in real time when he was pitching a gem and probably could have forced a game seven for that his was team. crazy. Yeah. And you know, it's like, yeah. we're, we're still talking about that. Now, now he's got a chance to help the Padres do it, you know, and the Rays are, you know, the Rays are the Rays, you know? Um, so, so I think that's what I'm going to be doing as this goes on. And then of course, you know, there's, Based on my circumstances, I wasn't really able to break down a lot in September. So there's some things to look back on, like, you know, the minor league champions and the independent league champions and, you know, the champions over in, uh, you know, the playoffs in Japan and Korea and and, uh, Taiwan. And, you know, even if uh, Europe, if there's some things that pop up 
as well as the World Baseball Classic coming up here. I, I just found out right before we recorded that Yadier Molina is going to be managing Team Puerto oh, wow. Rico. Wow. Which, Wait, you know, wow. And then I've always yeah. liked Mark DeRosa, who's managing yeah. Team USA. So I think regardless of whether or not that's a true sort of um, – snapshot of what baseball is really like i love the world baseball classic and i, and I love that uh the u.s won the last one and and i gotta i gotta tell a quick little aside here uh regarding that so i was talking with our our, uh, our co-host devin tingle about the world baseball classic and he was like gosh you know I, i'll start caring about that once the u.s wins that and i was like homie <laughs> <laughs> oh, he tingled it all over himself, didn't he? He tingled himself. But but he does carry a point though, because he yeah. he's recalling from like 06 and 09 when like they basically were cramming the hype for that down your throat. Whereas 2017, I kind of remember people just being really disinterested in it, despite the fact that it was like some of the best, you know, baseball that you could even see. And it was like, you know, spring training hasn't happened yet or is about to happen. And it's like, well, if you want to see some real competitive baseball in the winter, here's your shot. You know, yeah, yeah, this is it. So so I'm excited about that and that coming up. And I'm also, you know, we also got the uh, the the Caribbean leagues, you know, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, uh, Cuba you know, Dominican, how, how they're all going to end up in the Caribbean series, you know? So I, I love that baseball doesn't end. And I, and I want to say Australia is going to give it another go this year after canceling last season. So I, I'm just looking forward that just because major league baseball is done, doesn't mean that the, the whole season is done. You know, like uh, people have asked me, you know, what do you cover in the off season? What is there to talk about? And it's like, well, this year, now we're going to have an off season. There won't be a lockout. So that'll be exciting. So hot stove talk, award season in November. Like I said, all those international leagues. So I- I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to kind of, um, you know, the state of the podcast uh, address after the World Series and, you know, and, and where, where I want to go going forward with this. And I think that is what people get the most when they listen to you and when they have the privilege like me and, and our co-host to talk baseball with you is how passionate you are about it. And that includes all the stuff, whether it's here at home or across the world. But we want to thank each and every one of you for joining us. Make sure you're checking out the Baseball Weekend Journal all over the universe on all major podcast platforms. Make sure you're checking us out as Sports from the Couch on all major podcast platforms. And of course, every Sunday night on WCPT 820 AM. It's the Sports Cubicle with Devin Tingle, Paul Shavari, Dan Marver, and myself, Mike Mercado, breaking down all the huge news, both national and local, throughout the week to get you ready for your work week. Paulie, what is the power rankings heading in to the MLB playoffs? I was worried you weren't even going to ask me here. All right, I'll start from the bottom and work my way to the top. 12 is the Phillies, 11 is the Rays. 10 is the Padres, 9 is the Blue Jays, 8 is the Guardians, 7 Cardinals, 6 Mariners, Yankees 5, Mets 4, Braves 3, Astros 2, Dodgers 1. And I got to ask you before we sign off, let's say we're both wrong, and it's a Mets-Yankees World Series, which probably makes you shudder a little bit being a a Midwesterner. (laughs) But who do you got if it's a Yankees-Mets World Series, a Subway Series? We've been talking about revenge on this episode, huh? How about some revenge for that uh, Subway Series a few years back? How about some revenge? How about the New York Mets win this matchup this time around? Who do you got? I, I I like that too. I think I think Mets are the better team than the Yankees, and especially when you got when you got Scherzer and Degrom on your side, it's lights out, kid. It's over. Keith Hernandez, I despise Keith Hernandez. That's for all you people over the age of forty years old. <laughs> With that, we want to thank you all so much for joining us for the 
dangerous one for the Paulacious one, as he is called on the sports cubicle for Pauly Dangerous. Paul Shivari, thank you so much for joining me, brother. Hey, thanks for having me. I always look forward to when we do the previews of the season, the postseason, whenever we get together. It's always a good time. And now we get the benefit of every Sunday breaking down every week that was the MLB playoffs along with the journal over in the sports cubicle. Thank you, each and every one of you. Please take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Join us after every round of the playoffs and enjoy some postseason baseball.